Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Oscar Watch Podcast, the podcast where we look back at past Best Picture winners for your reconsideration. I am your host this evening, and we are busting out of this popsicle stand, Stephen Buja, and joining me, my confidant, my mole, perhaps, Amy <laughs> Thomason. Amy, how are you? Uh, how are you? Uh, I'm not in a prisoner of war camp, so doing better than the fellas in the movie that we're watching today, but... The world's going insane. The world is going insane. Uh, and folks, we're just trying to keep a stiff upper lip. Yeah. Folks, I know you are hearing this in December. We are recording this a uh, bit earlier than that. So if we seem optimistic or if we seem pessimistic, uh, just no, just bear in mind that events have not happened yet. We don't know of any say, loss of the 14th Amendment that has occurred it's all just speculation at this point. We're very down, but we need, so we need to see some people fighting against the literal forces of evil, in this case the Nazis, and breaking away. And that film is the 1953 uh, movie, Stalag 17, directed by Billy Wilder, written by Billy Wilder and Edward Blum, based on the play by Donald Bevan and Edmund Trzinski, starring the one and only... Uh, Hero to our show, William Holden, Robert Yay! Strauss, Otto Preminger, Don Taylor, Peter Graves. Very young Peter Graves. Very young Peter Graves. <laughs> Har- Harvey Lembeck, Sig Ruman, and Richard Erdman. And it is, I believe, on the Amy Thomason Top 100. It is. It, it is. is. Oh, yes. You were insistent we watch this movie. I was. This, this is, so uh, as you know, we had a... Uh, a, a poll out, or not a poll, we had a request out to all of you listeners to send in your own films that you wanted us to watch and review as a Christmas gift to you, our loyal and wonderful audience, the best audience in the world. But Amy said, hey, why don't we give ourselves even more work and a little Christmas gift to ourselves, and we pick our own movies to watch. And do two podcasts a week. And do two, pos- two podcasts a week, because you know what? I have so much time. I don't have so much time. I really don't. I, I but don't. we love podcasting. We do. We do. So, this uh, I get two. Amy gets two. This is, this is Amy's first uh, film near and dear to her heart, and we look yes. forward to talking about it. So, Amy, when did you first watch... Stalag 17. My first date with my husband. Aww. I had... It's so romantic. Which is what... It is. It's... What... It's... It's not, but I'm not that kind of girl. I'm not a girl that's going to take a guy to see The Notebook ever because that movie's crap. Sorry, fans out there. Um, It was around uh, Oscar season, so I taped it off Turner Classic Movies taped it, DVR'd it, whatever, up to our <laughs> classic movies, because it was one of those I had never seen it. And our first date was on a Saturday. The following night was Oscar night, and it was the night that Marty finally won his Oscar for Best Director. Okay, so this is February, March 2007. There yes. about Wins for the Departed. February, yep. Okay. So that's how, that's how I remembered. That's how I remember our first date. Oh, yeah. and you have since memorialized or not, not memorialized, celebrated that date in naming your son William, William Holden Thomason. Yes, which uh, I, 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 I applaud you. I applaud you on there. I tried to get my uh, I tried to get uh, my kid to be called uh, Frodo Baggins, but that was obviously <laughs> shot down. Well, my husband did not agree to it until he was about 10 minutes away from emerging <laughs> and into the world. But he did not want naming children after Hollywood stars to be our shtick. He relented with this one. But when my daughter, I found out I was pregnant with my daughter on Vivian Lee's birthday, and I thought, how perfect. He was like, no. <laughs> I was like, okay. I clearly don't love me, but the hospital at which my son William Holden was born is on Sunset Boulevard. What? What? Wait, where? I didn't put it together in Lexington, South Carolina. Okay. I guess. I guess they're allowed to have something. So we were leaving the hospital, and I was like, "Oh my goodness!" But I also, my father is a cousin named Kirk Douglas Eckert, so we were like, "What? We can't make that like a family thing." 
I think you should I... totally make it a family thing. Thank but you. I... I agree. You know, this coming from the guy who can rightfully claim that he named his daughter after a Batman character, if he wants to, or after uh, great actress Tally Shire. That's what I, I thought when you first saw me. You know, oh, you know, oh. to the to the ladies, I'll say, yeah, Talia Shire, you know, Adrian. But to the guys, I'm like, oh, it's to- she's totally the daughter of the demon, totally Raza Ghoul's daughter. It's like that's that's what it is. No, but. Yeah, with William Holden, that's basically. It. And I said, you know, it's not like we're naming him Leonardo DiCaprio. You know what I mean? I said, not everyone's going to pick up that it's William Holden the actor, but the people who do know will say, of course, what? Amy named her child after right. a classic Hollywood character. She says that, but she didn't add enough eye roll, people. They're like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> which is true, which is kind of true. But it was, it was, I, like, I, like to, I like to imagine that you offered your husband, we're going to name him William Holden or Topple from Fiddler on the Roof. And oh, he was yes. like, well, obviously we're naming him William Holden because <laughs> you, because you're in South Carolina and that would just be weird. Edward Albee, Edward Albee was the other one, but my husband couldn't do Albee as a middle name. I'm like, he's our favorite playwright. Come on. Yes, we're a couple that has a, we have an R playwright. Some people have a song, we have a playwright. Well, I have never seen Stalag 17 before, so this was a brand new experience. Uh, I feel as though I'm going to see all the entire work of Billy Wilder before the end of this, because Amy is going to insist upon it. And, and you've never seen Double Indemnity? I there are a lot of films I have not I hope seen. You don't yes. admit that at parties. That one. What parties? Uh, what parties do I go to? I don't parties go to any parties. Me, I went to a party where my daughter was dressed as a dragon, and they were running around the park. Like nobody's talking about old timey movies. Anyways, as I hear, so it was a. I it, see why you don't go to many parties. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even a Halloween party. We just showed up. It was gr- It was a hell. It's fine. But uh, when we return, Stalag 17 should have been a contender. Yes, that's right. Not nominated for Best Picture. It did take home at least one Oscar and nominated for several more. And Amy has opinions on that. And plus a brief little preview of the 1953 Academy Awards. Rather than 1954 Academy Awards. Good year right after this break. Ladies and gentlemen, two years ago, a superb artist and great lady came from Broadway to make her Oscar-winning picture debut. Tonight, she is in Philadelphia preparing a new play for Broadway. We take you now to Philadelphia and Miss Shirley Booth. Hello there. Hello there. We here in Philadelphia at the Forest Theater by the beautiful sea are feeling the waves of excitement that are coming from Hollywood. And we're waiting, all of us, the cast, the entire theater staff, all of us are waiting with bated breath to hear the name of the winner for the award tonight for the leading male performance. As you know, we have nominated Richard Burton in the robe, 20th Century Fox, Montgomery Clift in From Here to Eternity, Columbia Pictures, William Holden in Starling 17, Paramount Pictures, Burt Lancaster in From Here to Eternity, Columbia Pictures, Marlon Brando for his performance in Julius Caesar, MGM. And now for the winner, Donald. Yes, Shirley. Yeah. Donald O'Connor. Yes, Shirley. What do you Would want? you mind opening that envelope for me? Yeah, we'll pick up the phone. We have a line right through to you. Oh, fine. Yeah, give me... Yes? No. Hey, let's not keep waiting anymore. Yes? Yes? Oh, fine. Thank you, Donald. I'll tell everyone. Yes? Ladies and gentlemen, the winner is William Holden of Dallas and may I extend my personal congratulations for beautiful performance and well earned.
Thank you. Mr. Holden, ladies and gentlemen. We have yet to discuss the 26th Annual Academy Awards on this show. They took place on March 25th, 1954. The big winner that year was From Here to Eternity, Fred Zinman production, which uh, I'm really looking forward to watching, especially after having learned that it is kind of a prequel to The Thin Red Line, a film that we had done earlier. Hold on. Hold on. Have you not seen it? I've not seen it. That's perfectly acceptable. I'm not going to think that that's insane or crazy. You know, I have I have gotten to the point where when you say you don't watch a movie, I'm going to go, that's fine. You said you did, you said you hadn't seen City Lights. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. And that's that's okay. I'm not going to judge anymore on what people have and have not watched. <laughs> have not seen from here to eternity. There's not movies. I'm I'm not it's not I'm not judging you. Well, I mean, I got No, you are. You are. <laughs> But I'm surprised by some of the movies I'm like shocked. Like Diabolique, I'm shocked you haven't seen that. Because it's a horror movie. And it's foreign. You see all the foreign movies. That's why I'm what do you surprised. Want? What do you want from me? What do you this want is from a good me? one Sorry. and it's a good book. Okay. I'll get around to it. Come uh, come, come Memorial Day. We'll, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll tackle yeah. that. All right? From Here to Eternity was the big winner that year. Picked up, uh, picked up a lot of awards. But... Alex 17 did walk away with one award that was uh, memorable in its, shall we say, brevity. What, what happened that year? My badass William Holden. William Holden won Best Actor. Yay! Yay! This would be William Holden's only Academy Award. His, uh, I believe he was nominated three times. Sunset Boulevard won for this. And then again in 1976 for Network. Which, which he was is, also amazing in. Which is also amazing. Weird that you think like, but he was in Bridge on the River Kwai. He was in a lot of films. And yet this, these are the a only lot of, three. Like, groundbreaking, excellent films. The, um, now I can't think of it. The Wild Bunch. Wild Bunch, yeah. Which, again, people are like, oh, Wild Bunch, groundbreaking. He was in these amazing, I mean, Network, Bridge on the Requi, Sunset Boulevard. Those are three of the greatest movies ever made. Agreed. I mean, and, uh, and, and yet. As personal favorites of mine, but those are hands down. They are, they, they, they are disgusted. Uh, vaulted, vaulted corners about yeah, uh, being so. very, very good. Yes, uh, which, and it was notable, William Holden, this was three years after Sunset Boulevard, people largely at the time were thinking that if Holden wins, it's because he failed to win for Sunset Boulevard at, uh, you know, three years ago. Also. lost to who? Mel Ferrer for, uh, Jose Ferrer for Serrano de Bergerac? No, sorry. Yes. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to think if she can come up with it off the top of her head because I can't actually right now. And we talked about it. I don't remember. I guarantee it was somebody lame. Yes, but you know who was not lame this year? The best actor category. Oh. For, at the Academy Awards. Uh, let's 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 just run down this list really quickly. Marlon Brando for Julius Caesar. Brando. Uh, his Caesar is is, is pretty. Uh, his sorry. His his uh, his Antony is very good. Richard Burton. For the robe, Montgomery Clift from Here to Eternity. That's the real competition. And Burt Lancaster from Here to Eternity as well. That's the competition. Right, right there. there. Yeah, right there. Um, right there. William, okay. William Holden, famously, he had uh, the shortest Oscar acceptance speech in history. He just and to- not only shortest, when you actually watch it, he doesn't stop at the podium. He walks up, never stops moving, grabs the Oscar, leans over, still walking, and says thank you, and just walks off the stage. He doesn't stop. Yep. Thank you. I, it's it's great because that never happens, and you almost want him to take the Oscar and spike it. Be like, mm, bam, I got this. Done. Uh, so so great. But he would later he would later take out a uh, advertisement in a lot of the Hollywood press. Uh, new news mags and whatnot saying 
yeah, thank you, but really, Montgomery Clift and Burt Lancaster, or like they really kind of deserve this this one as well. So top notch guy, great great dude. That Which, that William Holden. If I wasn't already in love with him, that alone, classy guy, class act right there. Yeah. Uh, so, ah. <sighs> He film. thought he only won it because he didn't win for Sunset Boulevard, which I swear he lost to Jose Ferrer for like Sereno de Bergerac or something that people no longer watch. All right, hold. On. I'm checking. I'm looking this up now. Hold on. I didn't think this would. Didn't think this would come up. The film was also nominated for two other Academy Awards: Best Director for Billy Wilder. He will lose to Fred Zinnemann for From Here to Eternity. And uh, Best Supporting Actor: Robert Strauss. Who played Animal in the film and would lose to Frankie Blue Eyes, Frank Sinatra. Yeah, which is hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you go. I think he's the only one that was in the bro- actual uh, Broadway play that it was based on. Yes. Jose Ferrer, Cyrano de Beaujolais. William I Holden was Moss. right. You were right. You were right. Wow. Spencer Tracy, James Stewart, William Holden. Wow. And then this guy. Yeah. All right. Fine. You're right. Direct that movie that. Unless you're Jose Ferrer's mother. Did anybody go see that movie? Probably not. Billy, This was Billy Wilder's fourth of eight total nominations for, for Wilde. Second most nominated behind director William Wilde, uh, William Wyler, tied for nominations with Scorsese. He would receive six Academy Awards throughout his career. Uh, we have discussed both of his dictor- directorial wins in The Lost Weekend and The Apartment. One very great movie and one that we have some problems with but if we did it's not have spirit i'm gonna allow that to pass without commenting okay but uh amy i believe you did have uh you have a note for me asking why do we think of billy wilder as a director and not a writer because he has won a lot for writing and yet and he's written some of the most iconic screenplays ever everyone thinks patty Chayefsky, writer patty Chayefsky is a great writer but if you think about the lines from Billy Wilder movie, there's some of the most famous lines literally in movie history. Mm-hmm. Nobody's perfect. The entire script of Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> yeah. He writes great last lines. He sure he, oh, he sure does. He sure and Re- Ready for my close-up. And they're oh. witty and they're clever. And they're clever. Yeah. It's open deal. Uh, and yet, I I did I do want to say that nobody's knocking Billy Wilder as a writer. Okay, we're not we're not. But if you ask people who are not us to name a Hollywood writer, nobody's going to do it. No, nobody who just goes to the movies to just whatever is going to be able to name a writer. They will be able to name a, a director though. Be able to name Spielberg. Be able to name Scorsese. You know the 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 because the, the directors get the big names. And yes, the directors oftentimes write the movies. Uh, Spielberg has written some movies. Scorsese, a lot of folks double up writing director dudes. But the director is the one who kind of brings it all together. And so that's why I think we think of Billy Wilder as more of a director. This is true, but I still think that, I mean, much more than like, you know, Spielberg might have co-written a screenplay here or there. But the lines in a lot of these movies are just like, Damn. Oh no, he's 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 one of the all time greats. He's just one of the best. And let us not take away from that. The dude won so many Oscars. He's clearly he's clearly in Hollywood. He's like on. He's he's he's, he's, he's on he's on Mount Rushmore of the yes, Hollywood. Of, he's a master filmmaker. Absolutely. And we are going to talk about his 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 masterpiece right here, Dalek Seventeen, right after this break. You ought to be under the barbed wire soon. Looks good outside. I hope they hit the Daniel before dawn. You got a good chance. It's the longest night of the year. I bet they make it to Freebreak's office. I bet they make it all the way to Switzerland. And I bet they don't get out of the forest. Now, what kind of crack is that? No crack. Two packs of cigarettes so they don't get out of the forest. That's enough, Septon. Crawl back in your sack. He'd make book on his own mother getting hit by a truck. Anybody call? Come on, Septon, butt out. Wait a minute, Hoppy. I want to back those kids. I'll cover ten of them. I'll take five. Eight. Put me down for ten. I'll cover miles. three. I'll take one. I'll cover that. Maybe for those folks who do not know or cannot remember, what is the plot to Satellite 17? Uh, It is Christmas time in a German POW camp, and 
it turns out that one of the people in the bunk is a mole for the Nazis, and they are trying to figure out who it is. Yes, they're going on a mole hunt, people. I love me a good mole hunt. It's uh, and yes, mayhem ensues. There's a lot of mayhem in this movie. There's a, there, there's there's a fine amount of mayhem uh, mayhem in here. It is based on a play by Donald Bevan and Edmund Krasinski, who actually does appear in the movie as a minor character. Amy, had you seen the play before? No. Ever read it? No. Okay. Because I believe it was extensively reimagined and rewritten by Wilder. I was wondering if uh, there had been any uh, experience with the original as and well. And took out a lot of the conversations that exposited a lot of the information and made it more visual. Okay, yeah. that which, Still seen, which we will get to. Yes, which, which does make sense. But it does have a very single location feel to it and so and kudos i gotta admit kudos to the set designer and kudos to wilder who shot this film in order like a play to elicit uh the appropriate reactions most of the characters did not know who the stoolie was uh the stoolie, that was the name of the, they gave them all because we're in 1940s uh and it it, it does have a, it has this very Feels like things are progressing, like they're getting a little dirtier, a little, a little worse for wear. All the characters yeah, are just. Yeah, this is not prison camp. This no, is, no, it's it, not. You, you feel the cold dampness in the yeah. air. And, all the, the, and the mud, and the yeah. mud, the, the, the way the the guards throw down beams so Otto Otto Preminger's commandant can, can can walk can walk around is a very nice little touch that only film can have. I don't think I don't think you could really have that on a play because you're not on a stage and everything. No, because you can hear the planks splashing in the, the big mud. There's just mud puddles. There's no ground. It's all just mud puddles. Right, right. It's kudos, kudos to Wilder who uh, certainly shows his directorial chops here. William Holden plays JJ Sefton. The, how would you describe him? Roguish? Brash? He is all, he's, Roguish and brash, and he's a perfect example of an antihero. Because a lot of people okay. think antihero, a lot of people can start antiheroes are really just assholes. Pretty, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. an antihero because he's definitely against the establishment, and he's against the American establishment as well. But because it's played by the great William Holden. You do root for him. However, he's such an anti-hero that Holden did not want to play him. And Holden was not the first choice. Apparently, uh, Mr. Charlton Heston was the first choice, but he's like, no, he's not heroic enough. And you're yeah. like, Charlton, I could, eye roll. Heston, Heston would be terrible in this movie. Was, he's I, good. He was great as Moses in Ben-Hur, but he doesn't have the same charisma. Right. It, and. Not to knock Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston has... Knocking. He was amazing in the movies that he was in. Oh, yeah. He was the and, perfect and he, choice in everything he was in. Yeah. And he, he does... He has, he, he has charisma. He does not have the right kind of charisma. He, you gotta be... This role requires some duplicity. It requires this nonchalance and this uh, also... Lie yeah, this this this, this sly, slyness and cool. It's It requires you being like James Dean. Like, this is... Whatever, I'm cool. Uh, that I that Holden really, really, really nails. But as you say, a lot of the times to be a proper antihero, and I, I don't know if I'd use that so much because an antihero they still do like heroic things. This is he's still he's always out for himself. True. But a, a lot of times they are you you are right they are dicks, and it does take the the actor playing him and your history with that actor to really bring you onto their side because you go like you're like William Holden like I get you're an individualistic dick here Mr. Mr. Sefton but, but he also brings up a lot of good points he does he does he's yeah he's the one he's, he he's a smart one why he's the way that he is and what I love about Billy Wilder besides everything, everything Billy Wilder is that William Holden kept being like is there a way we could like rewrite the script and like show him having like some more humanity soften him up a little bit and Billy Wilder was like no <laughs> <laughs> which which is totally fine but he is a which is 
but I still felt like, and again, I've seen the movie a lot. As much as out for himself, he is the entire run of the movie. I never felt like he didn't really care. He, he just seems like guys. He like he says what reality is, whether you like it or not. Yeah, he is. He's out for himself, and it's a and I I do like how he does explain why he's out for himself because like the first like the first week I was here I got my boot stolen I got uh, my all, left boot <laughs> yeah I got my left boot stolen it's my food and it's and like I'm I'm out for myself and he, in that and it's coming from it's coming from 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 Billy Wilder Sefton is a very American character feels so American like this is not a western but you can picture it being like we're on a prison train going out west and like the well, same shit happens just because and he's a total capitalist oh yeah yeah he's yeah, his, and for audience members who might not have seen the movie they don't like him because he trades with the germans so he has all these luxuries because he keeps placing bets and right. taking positions that no one else wants to take the beginning of the movie starts with these two guys getting killed for trying to escape he bets. He's like, I don't think they're going to make it. And everyone's like, oh, you're a jerk. Of course they're going to make it. Yay. And he's like, no, they're not. And then he ends up winning. And so he trades and he has things like eggs and a little hot plate and alcohol and access to women and all of these other things that they don't have. And it pisses them off. Right. He's trading with them that he should be noble and that he should starve just like he is. And he says, you know what? I'm not going to try to escape because that would be stupid. I'm going to ride this out as long as I can. I'm going to get the luxuries that I can to make myself a little more comfortable because guess what happens if I escape? I go home. Then I get sent out to Japan. I get put in a Japanese prisoner war camp. And guess what? When William Holden was also on Bridge on the River Kwai, the reality is, guess what? The Japanese prisoner war camps were a lot worse than the ones in – had a hot, much higher death rate than the ones in uh, Europe. <laughs> That is true. I didn't put two and two, two together. I'm like, oh, this could, he could totally be the same character. Just that's funny. That's it's like a great it's a great one two one two one two shot. And within the same couple of years. Yeah, I mean, it's this, this takes place in around December 1944. Uh, so the Germans are on the retreat. They would even if he even if he didn't escape. Spoiler alert: he escapes. They would be they would be free in uh a less than a year after this. So, so he's like, I'm not a hero, and he owns it though. Like he doesn't try to pretend that he's this sweet, wonderful guy, but that's why he is how he is, and it makes sense because those Japanese prisoner of war camps were no joke. Were no joke indeed, and he, I think the other guys, because trading is a is a thing that happens in the prisoner of war camps but the other guys resent him not because he's trading so much but because he's better than everybody else at it like he's yeah he doesn't even smoke cigarettes he smokes cigars so he just gets when cigarettes he says money. That line, i'm like this is why they hate him <laughs> cigarettes i only smoke cigars i'm like this is why they hate you you bougie motherfucker you mm. and he's got the big bar of soap and he's making the little scrambled egg yeah, and just and just like he's smugly doing it, every and everyone's looking over him like you gonna eat that? He says, mm. it's it's he he, he he plays it to the guy who doesn't talk. Yeah, he plays it to perfection. But he does, yeah, he does have a he does have a soft spot. He has a soft spot. He has a helper named Cookie, who, who I love. I I like Cookie. Cookie is narrating the movie. He he's, he chimes in every now and then. I liked Cookie. I wanted to love Cookie because. So much of the so much of the time is spent on Holden or two other characters, and we'll get to that. I didn't feel like I got to know everybody. When I hear when the, somebody's narrating something, I want to see, I want to get to know that character, especially if that character is literally there while it's happening. And Cookie felt so uh, unnecessary to me. We did it. I don't. I don't. I don't think we needed the. Uh, any any of his narration or anything. I understand why, like, and he could be there helping out Holden. Obviously, Holden, obviously, Sefton needs a an assistant to help manage things. But I don't think we needed him to be the voice, especially when his voice does not amount to that much in the grand scheme of the film. Not to say it's not appreciated, I, it's just very unnecessary. 
I think it's. I think he was good because I think you couldn't have it from Holden's perspective. I'm not saying you needed it from. Yeah. Holden's, I, I I don't think you needed it from Seth's perspective. General that we could have just seen him do what he did. Yeah, you, you you could have just like Wilder. Wilder is so is so good, and you can just have him. You can just have him point a camera at something and and have all the actors go, and it would be and it would be magic. You'd have magic there. People would be able to pick up on it. Wilder knows where to shoot. Mm-hmm. what to focus on at what time that uh the the, pers- the perspective making it a making it a personal story that mm-hmm. now it honestly feels like all right because we have this narrator who's telling the story is what we see is this really how it was it brings up into the whole question of do we can we trust this guy i think we can trust cookie yeah, but there's there's still a there's still a doubt there. Like this is the story fro- told from Cookie's perspective, mm-hmm. as opposed to this is the story. This is what happened. It'd be very um very odd. I, 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 Amy, I like the movie, and I in in a serious in serious movies, I in, especially World War II movies, I enjoy a, a a bit of comedy here and there. I could not stand Shapiro and Animal. I really I didn't like them. It's not not that I don't like the idea of them. I like I like their characters. I like Shapiro. Shapiro's great. Animal is great. There's just so much of them that it every like after the first after the first two scenes or so, and they just keep going back to the Betty Grable thing. They're trying to be goofy and the you know going to the Russian women's uh, camp. I just felt like it was too much, and it's taking away. From the other characters, I want to know. I want to know more about Sefton. I want to know more about Price. I want to know more about uh, Huffy. Uh, all like, I want to know more Probably about sure. all those guys. And as opposed, yeah, even 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 the Nazis. I wanted to see that. And the Nazis fe- Nazis fell into that because they weren't developed enough. They were so they were kind of like goofy. And I think that even the no. And you know what? It's, what's funny is my husband had the same feeling that that you did. He's like, if they take tone down the comedy a lot, he's like, I think it'd be a better movie. Yeah, and. I, your husband, your husband, the wise man. He's a very wise man. Uh, and it's, I can see that stuff really helping in the stage version. Like, yeah. Like you, you, it's very, it's very fun. It's very, it's a lot of fun when they're, you know, Shapiro and animal are dancing and he thinks he sees Betty Grable. I get it. It's funny. It's just given what's happening and the lack of development from the other characters. Mm-hmm. I think it really, dilutes the the power of the movie like yes we have sefton and his, his coolness and we like we get him i want to know more about sefton and uh dunbar i want to know they're like they hint at the relationship they mention it but there's there's more there that is unexplored and it it it, it, and it, it irks me one thing that i did like though i did like i feel like all the other smaller characters were very well developed. I love the guy who did all the impressions of like James Cagney. I yeah. thought he was great. That that was that was a great and bit of ca- that was a great bit of comedy. Like about it is that I feel like, yeah, you can definitely tone those two down and put the all the other ones up just a little bit more. Is I really it they had such a great camaraderie. It just it did. It felt very real. You know what I mean? Yeah. You feel like these are all guys we know. Duke's like the bitter guy with the great head of hair, by the way. Oh my goodness. And what is he washing with? I like you oh, don't have like, access that the soap is not that nice enough. Exactly. Work out. My Lord. The actor who got the letter and kept saying, I can believe it when his wife writes the letter, oh, a baby showed up at her doorstep and it looks just like me. And he goes, I can believe it. That was the playwright. Yeah. Yeah. So who, that was, all, who, by the way, also has a great head of hair. Like, oh, like that man could, that man could be an actor. Good Lord. All these men. <laughs> but um, I did like all those characters. I liked the camaraderie of all of it. But I do, I do agree with you. I think it, it probably could be toned down a little bit. Because I w- it never bothered me, but now that you're saying it, I do. That is a fair assessment to make. It, it did, it did bother me. The same with the Nazis. I liked. You, know, you gotta like Otto Preminger. Amazing filmmaker, amazing actor. He was. He was. He was. He was the worst offense. Schultz was like the worst offense. He was just so. I- he was funny. Yeah, I'm not so, I, 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 like, again, again, I, I, th- I thought he was funny, but there was a sense of like I feel like these guys could almost actually leave at any point, and Schultz would be fine with it. There was no, I guess maybe because I'm thinking these guys are Nazis. They maybe more like Nazis. There should be like I feel like people should be dying more. I think and that's that's on me. 
they I think that Schultz wants to be liked though and I think he's they're not great living conditions you know what I mean no. like that's not a dream job that you'd want to have so I think he the fact that they'd already been there for so long he also is just trying to get through the day and if you can kind of get through the day and joke around you know yeah. what I'm saying and I'm not saying that oh I'm sure this is an accurate description of of what Nazis are like but it's it's a prisoner of war camp. You know, they had already been there. I think Cookie said he'd already been there for like two years. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? When you get into that day to day, you know, he's not there to, you know, kill them. It's not a concentration camp where it's like, we don't see you as a human being. So he's trying to just be like, guys, just let me do my job. And maybe if he acts friendly or whatever, then maybe he'll get more information. Cause he does always do what he's supposed to do. That's true. He does. And it, I suppose without that camaraderie, he would be unable, like he couldn't get into the bunk as the barracks as easily to pass notes. Yeah. And he gets, mold. he gets done when he needs to get done without being a hard ass. I mean, this is a slightly less, you know, but like in teaching, you can't be a hard ass all the time. There's times you have to be like, okay. And you kind of have to let stuff go in order to get done what you need to get done. And if you're trying to get everybody out, you don't just want to bark all day and, you know, it's like he knows he's not going to kill these people. They're all trying to get through it. He's not in his dream thing. He had been to America, and he did like America, so there's that. The Cincinnati, was it? Cincinnati. Cincinnati, yes. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yes. Not just my wife. <laughs> what did you, what'd you make of Otto Preminger? Oh, Go. my God. I, I try to say his lines with his accent. Because his accent is amazing. And I love the fact that this poor guy in real life like escaped Nazi Europe as a Jew. And I believe at least one other time also played a Nazi. Makes sense. So just that must be so weird. That must be so weird as a Jew. But there's no one else who could have done that part. Personally, looking at the Academy Awards, I would have taken out the Academy Award for Robert Strauss, who played Animal, I would have given two supporting nods for the film, one for Otto Preminger and one for Robert Graves. We'll get to him later. We will. will. But again, Billy Wilder is a master filmmaker, in case I haven't said that. All of those little details, the details that he is the kind of officer who, in the mud, they put out the planks so he's not getting his boots dirty. That he's sitting in his office with his jacket open and doesn't have his boots on. But if he's calling Berlin, the guy is putting the boot. He has a guy put his boots on for him. And he stands at attention and clicks his heels twice in a phone conversation. If that doesn't say everything that you need to say about a character, I don't know what does. And it's brilliant on my beloved Billy Wilder's part and on Otto Bremacher. Directing is all about the detail. And Wilder is great at that. I did love that. I like that phone conversation a lot because Preminger gets to shine a little. He gets to have gets to have some fun being menacing. I still think I, I honestly I would have liked more Preminger. I, I, I always want more Otto Preminger. <laughs> just every line that he said was great because of the way that he said all of his lines. Yeah. I did not know who the mole was i in 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 hindsight it makes sense i gotta say kudos to billy wilder and the writing team and all the actors they do not give anything away i like how it and that helps increase the paranoia because there were times i was thinking oh shit you know what i think it was actually sefton and i and the way the characters jump to conclusions they see sefton over at the uh the russian women's camp having having a good time and whatnot and then they they piece they piece a lot of things together they they can't they prove him it handing, he's trying to bribe schultz to find out who the mole is and so yeah. they come in and he's handing this like handful of luxuries to a german guard and it's like oops right timing yeah and uh, and and you you feel for the other guys because they go, all right, he's 
paying him off and like he's going to say some stuff but he always says things and we can't we can't trust him and they but they also think he's responsible for getting the men killed at the beginning of the movie. So right. it's not just we don't like him, he's trading what a jerk. It's he is responsible for giving this information to the Nazis and two of our guys got killed as a result, right. which you can understand the anger there. Right. You can understand the anger. And because this is they do not have the court of law, they do not have a fact-finding mission to go on here, they they it started with they don't like this guy. They're taking he's taking bets on these on our two friends. He's betting against them. So clearly he might know something about this. And it sort of spirals out of control from there to the point where they go, all right, we're going to beat this guy within an inch of his life because he did this, even though we cannot prove it. And that's why we have courts and laws. It's to prove things so we don't go go all vigilante justice because guess what? Sefton is not the informant. Did you think it was Joey? I I did suspect it was Joey because like, like, you can't trust the quiet doesn't guy. talk. You can't trust the quiet guy. doesn't talk, always there. Looking at stuff, observing, like it could be Joey. It could be. I uh, I thought maybe like Huffy was or Huffy was was yeah. in on it. It and definitely I I I had Duke fingered for a time. He was too brash and belligerent about this thing, and I'm like you doth protest too much, sir. But spoiler alert, people! It is Christ, the Nazi Aryan looking motherfucker. Chiseled jaw, beautiful blonde hair, beautiful Peter Graves. You're like, oh. he's like, of course it is. Ridiculously handsome man. So he's so he's, he's got that. Even I think, in black and white. Yeah, and and and, 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 and he's wearing that. I think I think he has a bomber jacket on too, or, yeah. or some officer. Or and like, he aged. And side note, he aged very well too, because close to the end of his life, he still like his face looked exactly the same with a couple of lines in it, but he still had that voice, that head of hair. No, he was in uh, Our, Seventh Heaven. He was a dad I in some show. That I know this, but yes. <laughs> I mean, yes, I hate watched that show. What do you want from me? Okay, that's 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 fine. I was very, I was very impressed with the way the film handled uh, handled it handled that. I didn't know it was uh, I didn't know it was price, and I was also very impressed by how the film told us. Without first before it told Sefton because it's really it the whole story either. right. Sefton needs to Sefton needs to discover this on his own and it can't be a big oh surprise. It has to be all right. We know we know this and now we can see them playing off each other cat without mouse. yeah a, a fun little cat and mouse game where one of or one knows the other one doesn't. It's it's really fun. I did, and you also pick up on that Peter Graves is starting to wonder if William Holden knows. Right. It's so good. And it's just, it, my humble opinion, it's one of the best directed scenes that Billy Wilder did. And Billy Wilder only directs well. So, but in the play, he like overhears a conversation. That's not dramatic. In this, no. it's all revealed visually. Yeah. It's, it's great. And the way the camera works. So, what the, what Gray Price and Schultz do, they communicate via. They tie a, they tie the light up in a yep. knot, and they that's switch. hanging down from a chain or a wire. Yeah, that, yeah, that's hanging down. That uh, and they switch out uh, the the queen piece or the king yes, piece you know, on, 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 on a chest, and that's how they exchange notes. And William Holden is in bed right now, recovering from the beating he took. And everyone and, else is partying to the song when Johnny comes marching home. Yep, yep. It's it's Christmas. It's 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 fun. And he just no he notices and it's it's so great. He notices the light that's that's hanging there and he and he saw he saw Price go over there and tie and tie it up and put it he, he He pulls it down. Yeah. Put, pulls it down. And then everyone everyone's 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 dancing around and Sefton notice notices the light swinging. The shadow of the, sh- the light. The shadow the shadow of the light swinging, meaning that wait, somebody moved that. And Price see, was over there, and oh, it's no, he doesn't put it together that it's Price. Oh, yet. he doesn't. Oh, yeah, he doesn't. That's right. You see it behind his head, then you it turns and you see his face just being like, that wasn't in my field of vision before. That's it. That's the only re- reveal that we have. He's like, that's weird. Right. 
But we see Price, when everyone's at the other end of the bunk and they're putting the music on, we see Price, he's turning, and he looks, and he looks at the light. And then you see him kind of go over, you see him pull it out of his jacket, switch it out, unloop it, and then he goes in, and they're all singing together. Right. And then later, when they all get called out for an air raid, Holden hides on the other side of the bunk while Schultz and what's-his-name do his thing. Right. Price. Yeah. And he goes, ah. So yeah, chop chop in a way that only William Holden can do. You're like, like I get it. You he goes out of the shadows. Yeah. Also, just poor. That's poor. That's poor. Check in the corners right there, Schultz. You need to be a little better in your conspiracy. But it gets the point across. We need to. We need to move this thing along. And now, Sefton has this information. And what is he going to? do with it because you can't just because you can't just reveal because at that point if he were to if he were to finger price price being head of security would finger holden right back and he's very popular he's very popular all the other guys think it's sefton anyways it's no good there has to be a way to do this and that's where lieutenant dunbar comes in and that scene where they all do something and he's like but who's gonna watch me and he makes price stay behind with him Yes. And the whole time Holden's just playing cat and mouse, asking him those little questions. So you're from Cincinnati, right? What time was it? And he's doing that. And you see, you see price start to sweat a little bit, but he's trying to act cool. Oh, it's like, if you're going to show people how to act, that, that would be a great acting scene. And this is what uh, I think, I think it's great because it's on the, it's on the characters. And I think, I feel like this scene would be great in a play as well because all these guys tensions are mounting people are accusing back and forth and the a a fun thing i noticed when i when i was watching it that when sefton pulls the pulls the chess piece out Mm -hmm. it he 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 pulls it he pulls it out of price's jacket but his hand goes in and i thought you know to the other guys i feel like they there could there could have been a way for them to go wait i think he just palmed that chess piece and he's planting all this evidence which adds this net other layer it doesn't really go there but it was fascinating that i think wilder could have could have could have gone there but we need to we do need to wrap things up at this point and get and get this distraction distraction going. it's great it's great we got dunbar as you were saying i didn't mean to start off on another tangent it's fine it's fine we got dunbar who is a lieutenant who's been brought to the uh the non-com uh camp for the time being until he can get shipped off to the officer camp a little little down the ways but dunbar has uh not bragged has told the story of how he blew up an ammo truck hey closely watched trains we uh just blew up another ammo truck in our in a previous film that was great that was wonderful and now because and the germans want to have the uh the perpetrator apprehended which uh, leads to some fine politicking on Otto Preminger's part and, uh, and some beguiling, uh, fun nonsense on the part of all of our And by the way, awards. sleep torture, that's how they would get me. Oh, yeah. I, was, I, looked, so, I looked so exhausted. What do you need to know? Because I need a nap. Yeah. It's like, can I just sit down? I'll tell you everything in five minutes. I'm going to be fine. Just... I, li- I, li- I liked Dunbar. Again, I wanted, I wanted more of Dunbar, and I also wanted more of Dunbar and Sefton. They knew each other from before the war, I think from boot camp. And Dunbar's from a rich family. Right. And Yeah, and and Sefton just fucking rails on him for being from a rich family. He's like, oh, I'll be about Sefton. Which what? I like how Sefton's like, yeah, you're not such a hot shot. You've got a rich mama. Yeah. But at the same time, like this at the same time, everybody's going to bat for Dunbar because Dunbar did some heroic, heroic ass shit. He blew up a train with a book of matches. Like, that's pretty cool. It's pretty. It's, pretty, it really it's, 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 it's really cool. And you know, and and in the end, Septon does help help Dunbar come up. Although, for a price? Question. For, for a price for a pair of wire cutters? Who know? Who knows? So really, they the guys create a distraction. Uh, they pulverize a hundreds of ping pong balls and like it can smoke up and they they hide Dunbar in a water tower in December which I will admit I have been out we've all been out in the cold we've all felt cold water 
And kudos to Dunbar for not dying of hypothermia long before they came and got him. Because I did. I don't think What's they stress. Yeah, I th- I think it was at least over a day from when he got hit, we got hit, and his his the lower his lower half is submerged in the water because he has to hide from the searchlights. He mm-hmm. can't just and he's he's just holding on. And I don't think I wish they would have stressed that. They they would have stressed the the weather and the physical effects on him. Like we can't just wait on this. He can't hide up there indefinitely. He is going to die. It is so very cold right now. They 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 mention it a little bit. Sefton comes and gets Dunbar at the end and skipping ahead a little bit. And no, Dunbar- go back, go back. We can't. Get okay, to all right, all right, all right, all right. We can't. Because it's such a great ending to a movie. It's so. It's a, it's so. So, all right, Sefton has convinced the guys that Price is the stoolie, which he is. And, oh, and by the way, delivers one of the best bitch slaps in film history. Oh, it's great. It's great. Because five hits in one second. It's like he has like eight hands. but yeah. like, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Bruce Lee hit. You're like, yeah. oh, well, he just, he just knocked, and when he likes knocked that beautiful face. face. The guy who's been breaking his balls the entire movie. Yep. Strike Anywhere matches are, are great. But Sefton agrees to go get Dunbar from the water tower because I, assu- I assume because it's... Because Price had volunteered to go. Because, and, yeah, that's because... When, that's finally why William Holden was like, I got to take this guy down. Because right. Price was like, oh, I'll go with him. It's like, I don't, it's like, I don't like Dunbar. I really don't like and Price. And he's like, yup. And he's like... You know, we can't have the Germans finding out. And he goes, the Germans already know where the where Dunbar is. You told him. And then he goes through the whole elaborate thing, which I know you're not big on exposition at the end of the it movie. Would, no, it, no, it that works. That, the that, that was because that wasn't required for us. That was required for the characters themselves. This wasn't this wasn't showing off being like, oh, OK, and this person did it. It wasn't a mis- It wasn't a mystery that it wasn't the main point of the movie. Yes. This was the character. This was redemption on behalf of Sefton. Sefton needed to reveal that it was Price. And so I like. I'm actually. I'm actually very okay because Wilder's great at it. And right. finally, William Holden's like, I'm gonna take him. Yeah. Why does why does why does Sefton agree to uh, agree to run? Because he he said he he likes the odds. And two, the guys from a rich family, and for saving his life, will probably get a big reward. Yeah. He says, I mean, that's what he says to the guy. He's like, which, yeah, your mom, your mom's going to appreciate this. I'm thinking 10,000 might be a good amount. Right. Which is a great. You have a character like Han Solo, the roguish character who comes back in the end, you know, shoots, shoots away Darth Vader. So Luke can blow up the Death Star. That's great. He, he comes back, not for the money, but because he's been changed. I like how Sefton he starts off a dick, and he mostly ends ends on a dickish note the same well, way. It, I think he has changed, but I think it would betray the character for him to act like he changed and be like, I'm a reformed man, and I, now I see the error of my ways. I don't think Sept, Septon would never do that. Even if he did change, he would never actually admit that. Yeah, but will he hold— That would be stupid and corny and— it would it would be corny, but you I need th- Billy Wilder to do that. You need Billy Wilder, and you need William Holden, who just he always he always plays a, a character like this. But there's 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 still some heart there. He does he does care about these people. He you know he doesn't want to see. I th- I think he doesn't. It's not so much he wants Dunbar to win as he wants the Germans to lose in this case. And if he can say fuck all y'all. To uh to to his boys in Barrack Seventeen or Barrack Twelve or whatever Barrack they're in, then all the better, all the better. And his last words, so great. And his what last are they? Gestures. Well, if any of us ever sees each other on the street, let's just pretend we don't know each okay. other. And, and then, then he it, goes down the hole. Goes down the hole. But then he comes back up as a shit-eating grin, gives a little salute, and then goes back down again. It's amazing. I I have I've seen that scene before. And sure there's all this great other stuff that Holden did in the film, but that scene I have to I truly believe got him the Oscar. It's just such a perfect fuck you 
goodbye. At, it's such a mic drop. Yeah, it's yeah, it's drops. yeah, it's it's absolutely no. And you, what what can you say to that? What can you say to that the guy is going to risk his life for for this other this other guy? You feel bad because you've been ragging on him the entire time, and he just he just he just twisted in there because that's what he's good at. It's it's re- it's really great. He goes gets he gets Dunbar. Dunbar's legs somehow magically work. I don't know. And there's Pry- a little bit of of leg rubbing, but he's like, we got like three seconds. Right. <laughs> it's like you're it's like you're you're dying of like I I I imagine after the movie Dunbar may actually die. And doesn't he make a co- but doesn't he make a comment like, hey, do you want some brandy or whatever? And he's like, yeah, sure. He's like, yeah, that makes two of us. Right. He makes some little smart-ass comment like that. I'm like... <sighs> well, that's, what, that's what guys do. We bust, we bust our balls when we're breaking out of yeah. prison, prison camps. But Price meets a glorious end. They tie a bunch of cans to him and shove him out the door. Use him as a decoy. Use him as a decoy. It goes out like a little... B-I-T-C-H. And screaming in German, running in circles because he's all like tied up too. Right. Doesn't 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 think to doesn't think to take off the cans beforehand. I don't it's oh he's and he, he get, doesn't have time, he's just yeah. panicking. Oh, because he also tries to go down the hole when William Holden's explaining the whole it's him, it's him. He's looking at the hole to try to escape and he tries to go out, but like all of them pile on top of him. Yeah. It's it's a bad it's a bad day for Price. Who, and then you see, but it's also a bad day for the Nazis because they killed their guy. Yep. And now and they that don't have made any. it perfect because they said somewhere I don't know if this was actually said in the movie or where I read it where they really couldn't kill Price because then the Nazis would have just come in and killed all of them. Right. So they got the Nazis to do it, and and they screwed themselves over by doing it too, which is why all the way around. It really it. It works out quite well because if, you know, also if you were to just get rid of Price, like have him like get sent away somehow or however, they just send another one. But now you kind of put the Nazis on notice, which is, which is I love they, it. I love it when Nazis are on notice. They, they, I love it. And he, um oh, and they're all like, the son of a bitch, he got away. Yes. Son and of they bitch. all admire him. They don't like him, but they admire him. And they admit that he's a badass. And I love the final line of the movie. What is the final line of the movie? Did you ever... Maybe he just wants at our wire cutters. Did you ever think of that? And they go to sleep with And them. then they all... And then when Johnny comes marching home again, swells up and... <sighs> She's swooning right it's now. so good. Right now, it's folks. You, I mean, I know it's not going to be on the Steven Bruja Top 100, but you have to admit, the ending of that movie is unbelievably satisfying. It's a, The last 15 minutes are great. And uh, that real scene is yeah. badass. It's, and the airman jacket that William Holden wears in that movie. Every time I watch it, I'm like, I need to get this jacket for my husband because it's a hot-looking jacket. Dudes look... I mean, airmen, they are... You know, it's pretty... Very fine, very fine looking. Yeah, I believe they, they uh, one review called this Cracker Jack Entertainment, which is what I would call it. It doesn't reveal deeper truths about, about life. It's fun. At times, it's maybe too broad, the humor, uh, it, which takes away from a lot of the, uh, like, the, the meat of the, of the movie. But it's light enough. You can watch it. It is a great Christmas movie. It's a Christmas movie. Merry and Christmas, it's a great... It, it's another movie that really goes beyond genre because there's parts of it that are funny. There's parts of it that are serious. It's part who done it. It's like 80,000 things. It's not just in it's part war movie. Yeah. That's great. Um, okay. Rank them. Bridge on the river. Kwai. Great escape. Stalag 17. One, two, three, go. gonna take me a second okay um it's like they're all so different you almost can't you can't compare them because i would say the great escape is just as good as on the bridge on the river Kwai. as a film i would put i'd probably put stalag 17 on the bottom but it's still but they're all really great you should see them all you should you absolutely should it's just those are like the big those are like the big three world war ii david lean epic to anything is just not fair it's really not but they're all and which one which one's a catchier tune 
uh, Bogey's March from Bridge on the River Kwai or the Great Escape theme song. Both will get, and P.S., both are now going to be stuck in your head for the rest of the day. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah. You can't. It's, 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 it's uh, Colonel Bogey's March. Is, Colonel Bogey's March is great. But, but Hoffy sort of reminded me of Lieutenant Nicholson. And, excuse me, according to the Geneva Convention, blah, 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 blah. Hoffy's totally a guy that'd be carrying around the rules of the Geneva Connection in his pocket. I did like the, the fact that the Geneva Convention was a major plot point in the movie. They had the, the guy from the Geneva, I don't know what he was. I, uh, inspector or something. Escape, and The Great Escape has more of a sad ending than a triumphant it ending. It certainly does. I think. In Bridge on the River Kwai, I still... Bittersweet. When you see when friggin' Alec Guinness is on that bridge and he's looking and he's like, yes, my British men built this bridge. And all of a sudden he sees the wire. I remember... Like a year ago, I watched this movie again. I was like, "What is he doing?" I know the end of the movie, but I'm still like, "What is he doing?" Wait, yeah. no, oh no, what are you doing? And he's yeah. following it, and he's panicking, and you're like, "No!" And there's like 18 things, and you're still like white knuckling it. Yeah, it's even when you know the end. All all three are fabulous movies. And directed again, David Lean and Billy Wilder, masters of their craft. Pretty much. Pretty much. But we come to it now. Dalek 17, should it have been a contender? Okay, here's my what it should have won. Okay. I am sticking with From Here to Eternity okay. as best picture. Even though it's a great movie, I've read the book, which is very long and very one of the greatest books I've ever read. It's very sanitized. Now that I read the book, I'm like, the movie's totally sanitized. Um. I do think it should have been a contender, though. Take out Julius Caesar or the robe. Put this in there. Tough call between William Holden and Montgomery Clift. But in the Amy universe, Montgomery Clift won for a place in the sun in 1951. So we'll still give this to William Holden. I stand by I think it should have been nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay or Best Screenplay. And again, Otto Preminger and Robert Graves as best supporting actor. All right, I would probably take out. Oh man, because you have from Peter Eternity. Still, it by all accounts, having not seen it, should still win. Apparently, amazing movie. I probably like. You also have Roman Holiday. Awesome. Not a fan of that movie. Not a fan I of that. Taking out Roman Holiday. Not a fan of that. Not movie. a fan of the movie. Do not understand why that movie is, was considered like best picture. It's cute. Okay, but no. you know, but 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 you but you know what the number? All right. Uh, I haven't seen any of these, but I have seen one. I have seen Shane, and Shane is an amazing movie. And, if, and Shane, from here, yeah. attorney's not winning. Shane should win. But, I agree. But uh, I let's see Shane. But I agree with you. Let's you know what? Let's just take out Julius Caesar because why not? I like uh, I like just the story behind the robe. Uh, Richard Burton is all is I love Richard Burton. He's great. So yeah, I like we could nominate this. Yes, for sure. Definitely keep Billy Wilder as director. Take out Strauss. I don't know if I'd give any more support. Like maybe Preminger. I guess Preminger. No, no, Peter Graves. Peter. No, Peter, Peter Graves for this. This does deserve a lot more technical awards. Uh, I think sound cinematography is great, and as well as costume design. I oh no, sorry, art direction. direction. It, art definitely art direction. Really deserve that. I feel like I feel like just because like they these are it's a World War II movie, so they're all like kind of in uniform, but everyone felt different. Everyone was dressed a little differently. They were uh, they you were you were they all had their own style. His little shirt with his little vest sweater. They all had their own very unique style. Yeah. I liked and that. The, and, the, and the way the, the barracks is was set up, it, it that felt like a character into itself. It felt it's like supposed the world to. that they lived in. It was, and it was. It felt it felt like a very lived-in world. It was not a set. I, of course it was a set, but it didn't feel like a set, which is, which is great. So I would definitely have to give this far more technical award, uh, nominations. Not necessarily wins than... Then it came out with. So, what do you think about Holden as best actor? Oh yeah, uh, if he's not going to win for, 
Sunset Boulevard, and because we don't know the future at this point, and he would only be nominated for network. Yes, I would, I would, I would, I would leave it there. William Holden deserves, needs an Oscar. Uh, I, I think he should win for Sunset Boulevard because that movie's amazing. That work. Do you agree with? Would you have voted for him over Peter Finch? Ah, no, no, God, this again. No, Peter, no, no because, because great man in that, and I think he was just, he had just as many monologues and it was great. But but Peter Finch has a mad as hell, and that that deserves that deserves. It. He had the showboat role. He did, exactly. which is great. Which which you know what they they reward the showboat role a lot of the times here uh, here at the Academy Awards, so which is neither here nor there. It just sort of is. Yeah, and that's sort of my mentality with giving it to him too. Because again, in my world's a place in the sun, which was on my short list of one of the movies that we were going to discuss for this. Oh, but yeah, Shane, I agree. I, I don't think it's best picture. I think it totally should have been nominated. I don't think it should have won best picture. Yeah, Sally, Sally Seventeen. Yeah. If uh, Roman Holiday won, we'd be having a different discussion. You'd be so mad. So I love I'm it. I love it when I love it when you get mad at movies. For that, really? I love it when you get mad at movies. It's so much fun. Me? Yes. Yes, because you because it is like it is a personal attack when a, when like there is a movie that wins and is bad and you're just like I so so annoyed about this. It's great. Audrey Hepburn winning for Roman Holidays bullshit on a stick. Wow. Well, you know we will talk about the <laughs> the Academy Awards when we get to from here to eternity or if we you know talk about those a little bit earlier. You have been listening to Oscar Watch. Thank you so much for tuning in on this special bonus gift to ourselves episode on <laughs> Stalag 17. If you like what you hear, please write us an email at oscarwatchpodcast at gmail.com and be sure to find us on social media. We will continue the Christmas gift giving soon. What movie? We haven't decided yet, but we have a lot on tap to discuss. It should be a lot of fun. Thank you all so much for participating and uh right now i will say you sent in a lot of requests we did get a lot we had to pare down the ones that were the most uh, convincing but we will get to all of the other ones in due time as well as 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 the days and weeks and months and years go on so thank you so much for sending those and amy thompson where can folks find you a thompson 11 on twitter or our facebook page Yes. And as always, folks, until next time, we'll see you on the next time. When Danica's marching home again, hurrah, hurrah, we'll give him a hearty welcome then, hurrah!